Welcome to the ministry of Smyrna Presbyterian Church. Founded in 1914, Smyrna Presbyterian Church believes in the Bible as the Word of God and so desires to preach, teach, pray, and sing that Word so as to know Christ and make Him known in our community, country, and world. We invite you to join us in that mission. Worship services are every Sunday at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Here now is our pastor, the Reverend Joel Smith. John 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it upon his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you shall have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, Not all of you are clean. Then he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment and resumed his place. He said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Thus far the reading of God's holy an inerrant word. Please be seated. As we come to the table this night, we are reminded of our Lord's gathering with his disciples around the table on that Thursday night so many years ago, there to celebrate Passover, but also to see the greater Passover, the greater removal of wrath, than even the angel of death passing over on that wonderful and glorious day in Egypt. For here too we see the Passover lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the wrath of God that was passed over as a result of what the Lord Jesus Christ did on that very next day. And we know that the wrath of God passes over all those who Believe in him because the wrath of God fell upon the Lord Jesus Christ instead of ourselves. And so there, pictured in that meal that night, he would say to his disciples, See my body, here it is, broken. And this is my blood shed for you. 
and to hear these words. This is my body, this is my blood, given and shed for you. Why would the Lord Jesus Christ do such a thing as this? Well, we know that it was for the glory of God, for this is the chief end of all mankind, including the perfect Son of Man. He glorified His Father perfectly in everything and in every way. But He was willing to endure and go through all of this because of love. And that is what we read tonight in the Gospel of John as we come to this 13th chapter. This chapter, as we know, begins what is called the Passion Narrative. And John sets forth the motivating reason. And so as we come this night to this table, and especially as we gather around this table, I want this to be the theme of our meditation. And we see it there at the end of verse 1. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Out of all the chief characteristics of the Lord Jesus Christ, and there are many, we would have to put above all else that he was a man of love. We know love, at least we know love in part. We respond to love, we sing about love, we know the feeling of love, we have experienced love. But we do not know love like the Lord Jesus Christ knew love. Nor do we love like the Lord Jesus Christ loved. Nor do we have anyone else that we know that loves like the Lord Jesus Christ loved. Because our love, at best, always has a tinge of self-interest and self-motivation. And that is at its very best. Oftentimes, it comes out of pure selfishness. Because we can never completely deprive ourselves of self. We love because oftentimes we get something or gain something in return. Something we want, something we desire. And if we didn't, we probably would not love. Or we'd have a hard time loving fully. But when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, we do not see that. His reason for love was not out of self-interest. It's not out of self-motivation. But rather, he demonstrates the opposite. He demonstrates self-sacrifice. Literally, self-giving. Giving of himself. And the entirety of his life can be described in that way. That he loved while gaining nothing in return. Yet everything that he did, everything that he said, every action, every word was motivated by love. And we see this throughout the entirety of his life. We see this from the very beginning. We read of those famous words in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. We can also say with that that the Lord Jesus Christ so loved the world that he was willing to be sent 
by the Father into the world to take on flesh and blood, to take on the face of a man, to take on our skin and bone and body and be like us in every way yet without sin. And so therefore his incarnation can be described and motivated as one of love. Likewise, his life was characterized by love. We have seen this, have we not, as we've made our way through the gospel of Mark. Each and every story of the Lord Jesus Christ can be described by his love. His days were characterized by being long. And there were many short, if not sleepless, nights. Why? Because he was continually ministering. Continually surrounded by people. We read of these words in Mark chapter 6. That when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And yet, he had compassion on them. Because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. Because... He loved them. And he acted out of that love. Again, Mark chapter 1. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Why would he do this? Why would he minister long into the night? Healing. Casting out. Because he was a man of love. And not only did he act out of love, but he spoke out of love. Again, Mark 1, 14, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. Jesus was many things, but chiefly he was a preacher. He came proclaiming, being a teacher of the truth. And at times this means that he had to say difficult things, things that were not easy to hear, that are still not easy to hear, even to our ears. But he says such things, both then and now, not because he has spite or hate, but rather because he has love for his hearers. For example, we see in Mark chapter 10, with the rich young ruler, that this man comes to him and asks, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus tells him, you know the commandments. And he recites the the law to him. And the man in response says, teacher, all of these things I have done since my youth. Now we would have scoffed at such a reply. And think, you dumb buddy, you haven't done any of these. But that is not what we read of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rather, it says this, and Jesus looked at him. And looked at him lovingly. He loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor. And you have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Notice what he said came out of love. But that which he said was not what the man wanted to hear because we later read that he left saddened. 
It was not what he wanted to hear, but it was what he needed to hear. And that came out of love for the man. Jesus loved him and spoke the truth to him. And the same is true for us with every word we read in the scriptures. Many times it is things we do not want to hear, but it's the things that we need to hear. And it is said to us, not out of hate, not out of spite, but rather out of love. Every aspect of Jesus' life was this way. Every section of the gospel can be characterized with a different variation, a different manifestation of the love of Christ. But there is no greater demonstration of that love than at the very end. From the arrest to the resurrection on the glorious Easter morning is an act of love. In fact, it is love upon love. One act of love after another. And therefore we should not read these last acts of Christ blindly or even coldly. But rather we should see everything that he went through was motivated by love. That every mock and ridicule, every blow and slap, every slander and spit, every thorn on the crown of thorns, every whip and scourge, every heavy laden step, every nail and spike, every cry of anguish, every belabored breath, every soul ripping, spirit crushing, sin bearing, spirit forsaking moment of the cross was out of love. He was crucified, dead and buried because he loved. And let me ask you tonight, what did he gain out of it? What of it was out of selfish motivation, self-interest? We would have to say, none of it. In fact, we'd have to say, along with the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2, that he made himself nothing, to the point that even life itself was ripped away from him. And yet he went Through with it. So that we can read. In 1 John 4. That this is love. Not that we loved him. But that he loved us. Or as we read in John 15, 13. From the lips of Jesus himself. Greater love has no one than this. That someone lay down his life. For his friends. And so we see in his sacrifice the very definition of love. The ultimate example of what love truly is. And so as we come back then to John chapter 13, we should not be surprised that Jesus gives once again here an example of his love with the washing of his disciples' And this was not somehow a a way to show a sense of false humility. This was not some last act. He does not do this for show. 
but rather this is merely a demonstration of what he has done his entire life. His entire ministry was that of love and service to those that he came to save. And so we can say, Jesus was and is a man of love. He is a man of love because he is the God of love. Because God is love. And as we think then on those beginning words of John 13, verse 1. He loved his own and he loved them to the very end. And that phrase has a double meaning, does it not? That he loved them to the end. The end there talks about not only the extent of his love, but also the duration of his love. In other words, he loved them fully, and he loved them to the very end. And out of all the gospel writers, it's John that understands this the best. He gets the motivation. He gets and understands why Christ did all that he did. And that is why I believe he starts with these words. In this, his concluding portion. As he begins the passion narrative, he begins this way, speaking about love. But John didn't just understand it abstractly or theologically. No, John understood the love of Christ personally. As I mentioned, he is the author that grasps this the greatest. And we know that he grasps it the greatest because he writes about it the most. Not only in the Gospel of John, but in his epistles as well. He is always referring to the love of God, the, the love of Christ. And not only does he write about it, but he even refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And we might think of that as an odd phrase, perhaps even a self-aggrandizing phrase. It's like claiming favorite child status. But this is not a greater love over against anyone else. No, this is one that knew the love of God personally. Knew the love of God intimately. He knew what it meant to be beloved. And so tonight as we come to this table, I want us to think and meditate this night on the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How every aspect of what he did in life, and especially in death, was out of love. And in the light of those actions, to hear these words, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. Because the love of Christ does not stop with those disciples on that particular night. Nor does the love of Christ stop with the ending of his life upon the cross. 
Rather, the love of Christ is extended to all disciples, including you and me this night as we gather around this table. This table is a chief manifestation of that love. Love is displayed through and with this body that is broken and this blood that is shed. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ says, this is my body broken and given out of love for you. This is my blood shed out of love for you. And so as we partake, we are partaking in the very aspect of Christ's love for his people. Just as the disciples would that night. And in the same way and in the same manner, we partake of the love of God for us in Christ as we partake. And we, as we do, may we do so in such a degree to even think in the manner in which John thought, to even consider, to even contemplate for a moment at least, To think of ourselves as John thought of himself as a disciple whom Jesus loved. I don't know about you, but that is hard for me to do. That is hard for me to think about and meditate upon. Why? Because I want to start reciting all the ways that I am not worthy of receiving such love. All the ways that I have fallen short. All the things that I have not done that I should have done. All those things that I have done that I shouldn't have done. And all of these things cloud my mind and I think, surely not, surely not I could be a disciple that is characterized by the one whom Jesus loved. But as I said at the very beginning, it's because we don't understand Love in its purest form. We do not understand love as Christ loved. And indeed how Christ loved us. As I said before, pure love is not out of self-interest or self-gain. Christ does not love you or me because he gains something by us. He is complete and content in himself. He needs not you. And he needs not me. But rather he loves because he is love. Because God is love. And we are the objects of that love. And the same love that God the Father loved God the Son is the same love in which our God and our Father loves us as sons and daughters in Christ. That is the nature and that is the extent of the love of God in Christ. And it is mind-boggling That we should be such objects of such a radical love as that. 
to be thought of as being beloved. And even calling ourselves beloved in Christ. Why would God love the likes of us? Well, that is the question, isn't it? As Charles Wesley says in that wonderful hymn, Tis mystery all. Tis mystery all that God would love like he loves and whom he loves in us, even calling us the beloved. And so as we come to this table tonight, let me conclude this meditation with this. As it says, he loved his own. And he loved them to the end. Let me ask you tonight, when is that end? When is it that the love of God in Christ will end? Is it when we end? Or is it when the world ends? Or is it when eternity ends? I'll tell you when it ends. God's love will end when God ends. In other words, it will never end. His love will go on and on. The love of God in Christ for His beloved is as, as timeless as God Himself. And that is why Paul says, These three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And the reason why it's the greatest of these is because it will never end. God loved us. And He has demonstrated that. And He has given us the gift of His love. By giving us the very best that He could possibly give. In the giving of his son. Who loved us and gave himself for us. As an atoning sacrifice. So in Christ we are truly loved. We indeed are the beloved. And this night believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to partake in this sacrament. And partake of it as a sacrament of love. To be the recipients, the objects of His love. And then in return, love Him with the very love that He gives us. Indeed, as Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. Love just as I have loved you. Amen.